Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. And we're on a journey to improve our marriage, our family, our faith, our fitness, well, just about everything. Along the way, we might accidentally give a tiny bit of solid advice, so join us as we chat each week. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fools in Love Podcast with your hosts, Brandon and Megan. We're so happy to have you guys on. And one of the things I noticed the other day, and me and Megan were just talking about this, is have you ever watched kids play? We have two young kids, if you guys don't know, and our daughter's four and our son's one and a half. Sometimes I'll just sit and watch them play, and they're just so happy. They're like uninhibited. They just, the sky's the limit. Our daughter especially, like she's really into role playing right now. So like she'll be able to come up with a whole scene, a whole thing of of what's going on and her whole playing structure. And trust me, she has a very strict way of how she wants you to be able to play and go exactly as her characters should be going. But when I watch them, it brings me so much joy because I see how excited they are, just really excited about life without anything crazy actually happening. Like there's nothing amazing going on that would make them happy. Sure, there's things that we do that are more exciting. Like if we're going to go to the zoo or we're going to go to Target, that's a huge thing. It's just a thing that they don't even have to try or they don't even really think about it. It's just something where they're really, really excited. They feel like they can basically do anything and have just no worries at all. And isn't that such a redeeming quality when you look back as an adult because I sit there so many times and I'm just completely stressed about life. I'm stressed about what's going on. I'm stressed about what I have to do and I'm never sitting there uninhibited like kids are. Nope, me either. I am totally with you. I will stress and worry and think about how many bazillions of things I need to get done and never just have that totally worry-free philosophy they live they live like kuna matata (laughs) yeah one of the things i love too is our our daughter like on any given day you'll ask her what she wants to be when she grows up and she'll one day she'll want to be the tooth fairy sometimes she'll want to be a teacher or a mailman or a doctor or a veterinarian and it's just she doesn't she she really would could do all of those things together. It's like, well, you know, I really want to be the tooth fairy and she'll even stress about it. But if I'm the tooth fairy, then I can't be a teacher. I guess it's just the point that as adults, we're sitting there going, well, you know, you, you can or can't do that. And one of the other things I've noticed too is when I ever see kids imitate adults, they're like, they all of a sudden get serious. It's like they take their job so seriously and they're so stressed and it makes me wonder like what am I showing my kids and what am I like mirroring for them they have to be serious to be like an adult but then they go right back into kid mode and they're fine but when I was thinking about this the other day I was just thinking about well why does this happen like when and at what point do we lose that childlike wonder like the childlike feeling that you can just do anything and you can accomplish anything. And it's, it has nothing to do with the world. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. You just believe you can do it. And when and why do we stop believing that and move on? So 
when you were saying that, it was reminding me of this weekend when we were in the car and we were watching, well, we weren't watching, Harlan was watching Zootopia and we were listening because she had the headphones on, but we hadn't turned the volume down yet. Judy Hopps is the main character and she wants to go, (laughs) and she wants to go be like a police officer in the big city of Zootopia. And her parents are basically like, why would you want to do that? Like, you can just stay here and be mediocre like us. And if you don't ever try, then you don't ever fail. And you should just be content with who you are. And we just like looked at each other like, oh, my gosh, because we knew, obviously, that this was going to be the episode. And I just thought, man, I have to remember to say that because that's like how everyone treats life. It's just they don't you know, I mean, I don't think our parents like really say that kind of thing to us. But it was funny because that's how everyone in the world kind of operates even if we don't say those exact words yeah and i think as parents too and like meg was saying as your parents did and like as we do for our kids you're really going at it with like the best intentions i mean you you want to encourage your kids and i remember my parents telling me you can do anything you want to do you can do anything you want to do well they didn't tell me that when i wanted to be a professional nba player that i might have to be seven feet tall and at my 6'2 stature, that might not work. But it, it, and I, as I'm thinking about it, too, when Harlan says she wants to be the tooth fairy right now, that's really, really cute and really, really sweet. But if Harlan's telling me when she's 15 or 16 that she wants to be the tooth fairy, I'm going to be a little concerned. <laughs> and as will her poor mother. I was just realizing that I never had any childhood dreams. I don't know if that makes me weird or... <laughs> <laughs> it probably does but I don't ever remember like Brandon was saying he wanted to be like an NBA player but I don't remember ever thinking man I want to do that when I grow up I did never have a big aspiration and then I got to college and I didn't know what I was gonna do maybe that's how I ended up here <laughs> wow that is so inspiring Meg <laughs> yeah but but to Megan's point honestly I think the biggest reason is we just get worn down by the world I mean you get told all throughout your life, the things you can't do. Well, you can't do this, you can't do that, and you can't do this because this might happen. And with that being worn down, a lot of times we go out and we do try things. Sometimes we push past our comfort zone and we do try things and we fall on our face and we fail. And you get disappointed a lot. I think about when you're, you know, your first love. You fall in love and it's so great and you guys are holding hands and you're sharing notes and cootie catchers or whatever uh, we did back in the day. But then, you know, your your first love breaks your heart and that affects you. I still remember it and I'm sure Megan does as well and you out there probably do as well. But those types of experiences cause us to really limit our behaviors. We put ourselves slowly into a box over time And then eventually we're just square and we're just cookie cutter like everyone else and we're fitting in and we're really taught honestly that the people that are out there trying to conquer the world are the irresponsible ones. Yep. I mean, think about how many times you're like, oh, that person should go get a real job because they're trying to make their dream work and it's not quite working yet. And we just want to like make them go do something that's a real paycheck that's super boring and not fulfilling at all, but you know, hey, at least they'd make $13 an hour and it'd be steady rather than, you know, having the ups and downs of their dream, which there are a lot of ups and downs in your dreams, obviously. Yeah. And I've noticed for myself, there are times when that kid inside of me is still there. I, I mean, whether I'm at a sporting event, whether I'm at a concert, whether I'm just doing something fun, 
whether I'm being goofy with my kids, whether I, I allow myself to just daydream for a little while, I find that there's a lot of qualities and things where I come back to being a kid and I get excited about it and I'm like all gung-ho about it. And I'm like one of the biggest at this. I'll go all heads first into something and I'm all gung-ho about it. But the problem is very quickly, things might not go the way as planned. I mean, think about when, just to give an example, when you're riding a bike, it seems really, really awesome when you're first riding your bike. But if you fall off and scrape your knee, you might be a little afraid to get on that bike again. And I think we're so consumed by fear that it begins to change our mindset. When I sit there and I think about when I'm daydreaming, when I'm thinking about what I would like to do, where I'd like to go, where I see myself in a certain number of years, I always kind of, I I don't put it high enough. Like I say, I want to be here, but ah, you know, that might not really be possible. So let me bring it down here. And then I just keep bringing it down until it's so diluted that I like, it's not even really a goal. It's just something that I think could realistically happen. And that's not really what you're supposed to do. But so many times my head is completely consumed by fear. And I find that that is really controlling almost all of my decisions when I think through. Yep. So for me, I think one of the scariest things was, if you don't know, I have a blog and months before the blog went live, I was writing the blog. It just... We just hadn't put up the website and it took me a long time to want to do that. Well, finally, in June of last year, we just reached a point where it was like, let's just do it. It's imperfect. There's a lot of things in there that are could be judged or might not be received well. There's errors all over the place, I'm sure. But let's just put it live and see what happens. And so we did. We put the blog live and everything went out. But I mean, technically, I could still be sitting there like a year later and not have published that first post. I mean, it's just the the rejection fear, the fear that you're not going to do it well enough, the, the fear that people might not like it, all those things come into play and delay or make you never even start what you're really trying to do. And when I hear Megan talking about it, I think about it's really for me and it sounds like for Megan and I'm sure for a lot of you listeners out there that it's this tiny voice in the back of your head. And it's telling you that you're not good enough. You can't measure up. What expertise do you have to do this? What can you do that you makes you think that you can pull this off? It's almost like just a little voice there just telling you that you can't do it. And that is the voice of fear. And it controls so many of our decisions and what we're doing. I think coupling with that too, we spend so much time trying to please others. We spend so much time. I mean, when you're a young kid, you spend all the time trying to please your teachers or please your parents or please your coach. And you're doing everything to be the good boy or the good girl. And you want that positive feedback and that positive adoration toward you. And you're programmed really from a young age to you know, walk the line don't step out of line. And as I'm saying it, I think about uh, we went to our daughter's school the other day and all the kids are walking in a perfectly formed line. Well, as perfectly formed as it can be with a group of four-year-olds. But you're taught that your whole life. Just walk the line. Stay on the safe side of the fence. Don't push yourself. Because 
if you don't push yourself, then you'll never fail. So with that, the one of the things I want to explore today is, then what do you do? Yeah, Brandon, that all makes sense. That all sounds right. And, you know, I might agree or disagree with some of that. But what am I supposed to do with that? Because I still live in that every day. So how do you expect me to step out and do anything? Well, with fear of sounding cliche, what I would say is you need to live with a sense of urgency. Always live with a sense of urgency. Ultimately, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for in life? So many times, like Megan was just talking about with her blog, she could have still been sitting here today, a year later, and not clicked publish. There's still plenty of times, I'm sure, when she's clicking a post where she's like, she'll wait to click publish because she doesn't know what people are going to think. And she hears that voice in the back of her head. But ultimately, what's your thing? What's making you wait? What's making you sit there and stop? A lot of times you'll say, well, you know, I'm not going to do that now, but I'll do that in a couple years. Or, oh, I can't do that now. You know, I have young kids, so I will just do that later. But what is later? What guarantees do any of us have in life? Honestly, what guarantee do you have that you're going to have a later? I mean, not to sound morbid, but how much time do any of us really know that we have left? One thing that I think for me is a big one, and maybe it is for you too, just I always feel like maybe I'm just not experienced enough to do the next thing. Like I, I don't really know how to do that, so maybe I shouldn't start. Um, rather than just learning it as I go, it'll be a roadblock for me to even begin the, the journey. Yeah, and I'm taken back to, uh, as I was thinking about this topic, I'm, I go back to the Tim McGraw song of <laughs> Live Like You Were Dying. And if you don't know the song, I highly recommend it. But it's about his dad when he got a cancer diagnosis. What did he do when he found out that news? Because it would have been so easy for him to crawl into a ball and just give up on life because he didn't have any time left. But he didn't. He went out. He went skydiving. He went Rocky Mountain climbing. He went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. But my question with that is, why, are you, why does it take a cancer diagnosis or some dire thing that's happening to you to get you to live like that? Now, with that, I want to say I'm not telling you to be irresponsible. Like I'm not saying go quit your job and go into crazy amounts of debt and travel the world or anything crazy. I don't know what your thing is. But what I'm saying is it's small, subtle steps that can get you in that right direction. I don't think you need some kind of crazy diagnosis to live like it's your last day on earth. And I've heard that asked before. What would you do if you knew you only had a month to live? And most people say they would travel, they would might do the business, they would put themselves out there because honestly, what do you care what people think if you don't have any time left and no one to judge you for it? I think that all comes back to just having dreams and you need to have dreams in your mind. And we as a couple have dreams too. And I feel like the the best thing that dreams do for us is give us a place to look forward to and a thing that we're working towards together. Yeah. When I think about our dreams together, uh, we have different goals together as individuals. We have different goals together as a married couple. We look sometimes a little bit down the road or years down the road. But one of the things with dreams is a dream is great. And I think everyone should have a dream. You should have a list of things that you'd really love to accomplish. But all it is is a dream if you 
don't actually ever take action. Like I can make a list of a thousand things that I would dream of doing and love to do. But if I'm not taking any reasonable steps to get to those, then it's just a dream. And when I think about it a lot of the time, the way I usually dream and primarily this is like daydreams so much, not so much as long-term dreams, but you know, you get that high for a minute and you're like, I could do this. I can conquer the world. I can climb mountaintops. You know, you go to think about when you go to a motivational speech and you're like, man, I can do all these things because I am so awesome and so amazing and I can do all of it. Or then you go home and then you get back into life and you get back into the saddle and you get back into the grind and it's very easy to let that just fizzle out. And the dream isn't anything but a temporary high. And then if without action, it dies and you move right back into the life you've already had in the life of mediocrity. But you don't really have to take like this huge, gigantic step either. I mean, you can just take each day as it comes and build little by little on your dream. If I were to try to take my dream and just make it into this huge thing tomorrow, I would get super discouraged immediately. But if I think, okay, what's something today that I can do, then I'm going to be a lot more motivated because I'll have actually accomplished that thing today. And then that will re-motivate me for tomorrow's project. Yeah, you are so right. And I really, I honestly picture a dream like a seed and you have to plant it. I mean, you don't just put a seed in the ground and then water it and then forget about it. And the next day it becomes a tree. Unless you're, you know, Jack and the Magic Beanstalk. But the fact is, when you plant a seed, you have to nurture it. You have to put soil around it. You have to water it for a long time. And it continues to grow and grow and grow. You can't just have a dream at the beginning, not put in any effort, and then not have it get anywhere. And I always picture it because I'm so guilty of this. But I have this amazing dream of something I want to do. And I get to A and I'm like, okay, I got this dream. I'm going to do it. These are the steps I'm going to take to get there. And then 30 days later, three months later, six months later, I'm like, this isn't happening. This is ridiculous. You know, I've been putting in all this work and I'm not getting there. And what I'm always doing is I go from the A to C and I forget about the B. I forget about the time. I forget about the grind. I forget about the action and the hours and the work that it takes to make your dream a reality. A lot of you, it takes courage too to do that because you have to put yourself out there. You have to not watch TV as much. You have to do things in your life that might not feel natural because what you've been going on in your normal trajectory is not in a natural way. You're actually being you know, nothing's going to feel natural to you because what you've been normally doing has been getting you your normal results. But my question to you would be, do you want normal results or do you want exceptional results? If you want exceptional results, then you're going to have to take action. You're going to have to make a plan and you're going to have to put in the effort and work over time until it grows into something amazing. One of the things that we do is we'll look at celebrity or an influencer or whoever on social media and we'll think, man, they just got lucky or how'd they get, you know, 3 million followers and we'll kind of just forget that they struggled and failed and made mistakes along the way and they didn't just come up with their idea or have overnight success if they're a celebrity or whatever the case may be. It didn't just work like that. They didn't go from 
from nothing to that overnight. They had to work for so long. I mean, a, a successful business person has to work for years upon years upon years. An influencer didn't get a following overnight. They had to work and work and work before they actually made that status. So we just want the easy way out. We just always want to have it be so immediate, but that's not how it works. And I think we just forget that a lot of times and don't want to put in that work. Yeah, totally. Um, one of my personal favorite influencers uh, is Jasmine Starr, and she's an Instagram uh, influencer, and she is a social media guru, and she's a photographer. And I always see her, and I'm like, man, she's doing so well. Man, I wish I could be there. I wish I could do the things she's doing. And I'm, you know, basically, I catch myself thinking like, why can't I have that? And and then I think about, have you ever watched Jasmine Star? She's grinding still every day. She's on there every day, nine to five, always doing projects, always doing things, always out there doing trainings. I mean, you, it doesn't stop just because you've succeeded either is my point. Like she's still grinding every day. They're still up against it. And one of the things I love so much about these smaller influencers too, is they're very honest about the grind and about the fact that they didn't get there overnight and they're trying to help because what one of the things they recognize and we recognize, and one of the reasons we want to help all of you is happiness is good in numbers. Like there's nothing holding me back from making other people happy. It's not like some competitive edge or something else. We all need to be like our best selves. We actually try to, well, this is kind of recent if you really want the truth, but we've actually tried to up our start of our day to kind of integrate some of that happiness and that gratitude into our mornings so that we can start our day better. We used to just kind of get up whenever, as late as we possibly could, and it would really affect how our day started. We'd feel we'd start our day and feel just completely overwhelmed by nothing because we just didn't have a good start. But now that we've kind of revamped our morning routine individually and as a family, I feel like that's really helped us be able to spend a little bit more time focusing on the good before the craziness of the day starts. So we're able to choose happiness and get our head in the right game before we even venture out into our actual work day. Yeah, and that's so important. I mean, more studies now have shown that showing gratitude for the day and things you're thankful for just makes your day so much better. And one of the things I'll challenge you with is to think about this. Happiness in itself is a choice, okay? You can choose to be happy. Well, Brandon, you don't know my situation. You don't know what's going on. You're right, I don't. But one thing I can say is, Happiness is a choice, and so is suffering. Suffering is a choice. You can sit there, and you can make the most out of something, or you can sit there and feel terrible about yourself. Either way, it's how you're perceiving the situation that makes it all happen. So like how you are feeling inside is all in how the perception is. I was just reading something the other day. Okay, and it was a story of two different janitors at a school. One of them saw it as his life's mission to have a clean bathroom so those students could have the cleanest place to go to the bathroom, the cleanest school to learn in, to thrive, to grow in the world. The other janitor just looked at it as a job. It was just something he did. Which one of those do you think was a happier individual? Right? They're doing the same job at the same rate of money. And... Yet one of them is increasingly happy and the other's miserable. 
because it's all in how they perceived what they were doing. If you go out there and you find something that's actually a natural calling for your life, then if you go out there and start each day with happiness and a gratitude in your heart and looking at things you're thankful for, that rather than looking at things that are negative, it's going to change your whole life and your whole day. If I wake up today and say, this is going to be the worst day of my life, guess what? It probably will be. If I wake up today saying, this day is going to be great and it's going to be so happy. Yeah, I might get knocked down. I might have challenges. But if I think about my blessings and stay happy and keep the right mindset, things are going to go really well. And as I'm talking about that, I think of an example. If you have ever looked at a product or you've ever looked at a car, it always seems to happen to us with cars. Well, we're like, we really want this minivan. Okay. And then all of a sudden, out of the woodwork, right? You see a thousand of these cars on the road. You see a thousand of these cars all over. It's like all of a sudden there's been just a ram and roll at the Chrysler dealership for some town and countries because they are everywhere. The same thing with that goes with your life. Like if I'm looking around for things to be negative about, trust me in this world, there's a thousand things to be negative about. But if I'm looking around for things to find happiness in and be happy about, there's also a thousand things to be happy about. And you notice those things more often depending on your mindset. Definitely. We are not by any means saying that there won't be sadness in your life or that there won't be challenges because those things obviously will come. But we're talking about our overall mindset versus specific instances in our lives. So yes, if, if there's a tragedy in the family, of course we're going to be sad. We're not going to think that's a happy time. But our overall mindset of our life is to choose happiness. Yeah, one of the things I do personally, and you can laugh at me if you want, but one of the things I try to do every day, or at least recently have, is I'll give myself like a morning pep talk for the day. I'll say, these are the things I have to do today. These are the things I'm thankful for today. And these are the potential challenges of the day. And something about thinking those through makes the day go so much smoother. Because as you're going through the day, you're like, man, I'm checking this and that off my list and this is going smoothly and oh, you know, this challenge is here and this is an additional challenge, but it's all right because I have these things to look forward to. And me and Megan have done that with our personal life and our married life as well. We've started having like weekly meetings where we plan out the week and I feel like it's just like there's no surprises then. I mean, certainly things can come up, but we just are able to look at things and really have a sense of purpose for the day in general that's so important to have the right mindset going into it. And I can't speak it enough. It's changed a lot of things for me. And again, it's not every day that you can do this, but just start each day with things that you can be happy with because it's so easy to get caught up in the negative, but there's no reason to get stuck there. My challenge for today is to get your childlike wonder back. Okay. Go out there, stomp fear. Stop trying to please everyone else and go get it. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in another show of Fools in Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast or follow us over on Facebook at Fools in Love podcast or hit us up on Instagram. Megan's at This Average Mom and I'm at Brandon Giggling. We'd love to hear from you over there. Talk soon.